Welcome to Beyond the Black Letter Law by Prism Chambers, a platform where we demystify legal concepts for you. Today, we welcome Stephanie Ningsen, Head of Payments at the Mauritius Commercial Bank. We had quite a lot to talk about on leadership, particularly in the context of gender and diversity. Stephanie, a very warm welcome to you. Thank you. So Stephanie, you've been at the MCB for over 15 years now. How would you describe your leadership journey? Is it something that you kind of, you felt was a natural evolution of your career or is this something that you consciously aspired to when you were 18 years old, for example? No, definitely, <laughs> natural, definitely a natural evolution at 18 years old. I wouldn't imagine myself working in a bank. So definitely a natural evolution. It came whereby, you know, I was given more and more responsibilities and ultimately to lead a team right and this is you know things just came into place i never fixed myself saying that i want to be you know in that position in like so and so years mm -hmm. in fact even today uh, if you ask me where i see myself in five years i wouldn't be able to answer that but definitely a natural evolution in fact i must say you know when i when i was still a junior and starting my career i had a rather heroic view of what a leader is almost sort of like someone who knows it all and you know get very charismatic and uh, people just follow him or her it was almost like a corporate messiah i must say and i think that it's um, it's a very flawed vision and the reality is leadership for me is something that needs to be worked up in right very often we you know we we ask ourselves whether we were born a leader or whether it's something that we work towards too. I think it's both. I think okay. we, 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 bo we each born, everybody is born with some, with intrinsic qualities mm -hmm. that can, that we can leverage on into becoming a leader. Mm -hmm. But I'm very inspired by what uh, JFK said that leading and learning actually go hand in hand. And I think a leader, you, you learn to be a leader. When you're starting out in your leadership journey, I'm sure Hopefully you'll agree with me how you started out when you held your first leadership role and where you are today. I'm, I'm sure you've seen an evolution in that oh, yes. as well. Yes, for sure. Because first I think leadership starts within. A lot about self-leadership. You need to be able to lead yourself before leading others. Self-awareness, self-discovery. And as a human being, I think we evolve. So obviously our, the way that we lead will evolve over time and also the context within which we need to lead will also dictate a different types of leadership so so yes def definitely for me it is it is not set in stone mm -hmm. it is an evolution and i think this is what makes it so um gratifying in the end yeah how would you describe your leadership style is, is that also something that's evolved or would you do you have a specific leadership style I think I'm quite versatile in, in terms of leadership styles, but, my, but I think we all have a natural tendency towards a specific style. Mine would be, I would describe it as being collaborative and action-driven. So collaborative in the sense that I enjoy working with teams. This is what I bring to the table, that is putting different teams together, working together, trying to find solutions to a given problem, and then shaping it into an actionable strategy. So, um, so I would describe my um, natural leadership style to uh, being collaborative and action-driven. Mm -hmm. Having said that, in certain circumstances, you need to have a palette mm -hmm. 
yes. of different leadership styles. So during the lockdown, I found out myself to be more command and control. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there's no other, you know, you just, no, yeah, yeah, you, just, you have to navigate the, the ship. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Do you feel that there's a difference between, I mean, you, you manage different teams. Mm -hmm. And do you feel there's a clear demarcation between management and leadership? Yes. I think there is a distinction. Management is part of the um, of the responsibilities of being a leader, but I think being a leader goes beyond just managing teams. So for me, managing teams is ensuring that what needs to be done get done. So it can be done through different ways, but it is ensuring that you deliver what is expected. Whereas leadership for me, it's one notch higher whereby you need to create a vision and mobilize the team, the people, towards that common vision. So there's more, uh, the people aspect is more present in leadership, in my view. It must be, I, mean, I, was, I was grappling with that question yesterday and I, I was, I'll be interested to, to hear your answer. You, you had the, the, the payments team at MCB so you have a leadership hat and then obviously there's the CEO on top of it. Yes. So there's another leader heading the whole organization. What does it, how is your experience being a leader within a huge organization? Are there, does it flow naturally or are there clashes or there different visions? Do you need to all have the same vision or is it problematic sometimes to, to, to lead within a huge organization? I think is what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> Well, I don't know whether it's problematic. <laughs> I would, uh, it is, I think, we, in, um, in a large organisation, and, and that's not specific to MCB, I think, in a large organisation. So when we say leadership, it's actually human beings. So obviously, we, our view of the world is different. The way that we tackle the problem is different. So there is, we, we need to have what we call alignment. So that sometimes can be tedious and it can take time. But it is, it is inevitable and I think for us to move into the right direction it is important to have those alignment. So I spend a lot of my time doing you know, stakeholders engagement, getting everybody on board, understanding their point of view, putting my point of view forward. So, so that, that takes time but it is, it is necessary in, in, in the type of environment like large organisation. Also, I think what may differ from, let's say, an SME. So in large organisations, there are explicit and implicit processes. Yes. So sometimes you need to know how, to, you need to know how to read between those explicit and implicit way of working and trying to put your, your points across and how decisions also are taken. So I think that's, this yeah, is okay. what happens in, okay. in large organisations. And do you think that a leader, because as you mentioned SMEs and that's what made me think of this question, do you think a, a leader needs to have a natural flair for have an entrepreneurial spirit? Or do you feel that you know, there are different types of leaders and you don't need to have that sort of drive to, to, to inspire in order to be a leader. Can you just be a really good manager, for example, to, to lead? Mm. Well, on the entrepreneur question, I think it depends on what type of, what is the task at hand and what types of teams you're leading. It, um, it all depends on the context. So to your question, I don't think there is uh, you know, a definite set of answer. 
but for sure I think a leader need to communicate. I think uh, you, need, you need to communicate to your teams and you need to give a sense of direction uh, and also a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that the younger generation at least, you know, they want to have that sense of purpose to understand, you know, why we're we doing it and, uh, and a leader need to be able to go beyond this, just the task at hand mm -hmm. and, and rise above it. I want to pick up on the, what you mentioned about the younger generation because that's something I think which all of us are grappling mm -hmm. with at the moment, the expectation of the Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And I think their expectations are probably very different to what are my expectations were or the generation before me, what they expected of a leader. Do you agree with this, that they have different aspirations to what they look for in a leader? Yes, I think that there are some differences and there are, of course, also some similarities. In terms of differences, so by Gen Z, we're saying like, you know, the newcomers yes. into the workplace, right? Yes. They expect open and transparent communication, right? And feedback, I think they, they, they want to have feedback, like how they're doing, what is expected. They also, the, their relationship to authority is somewhat different maybe to my generation. So if they don't agree, they want to have a space, you know, to be able to, to safely say, you know, what they, they think about a given situation. They expect flexibility. I mean, uh, we, I mean, we're in the deep of that, you know, about like what is the new workforce. I think this is among their expectations. Diversity for them is a given. <laughs> it's natural for them. All types of diversity, be it gender diversity or ethnical or sexual orientation, I think diversity for them is a given. And they want to understand, you know, the why of what they're doing. So I think as a leader, you really need to articulate the purpose and the bigger picture and how they fit in. And um, they also want to know what's in it for them. Right. Maybe my generation, we, we, I mean, the, the premise, the assumption is that, you know, you work hard, you prove yourself and, you know, you just get going. But maybe they're asking the right question, like, OK, I work hard, but why? What is the, you know, what is the ultimate? Um, they definitely work, want to work for more than just a paycheck, you know, whereas, you know, our, our parents and grandparents, they were working for specific purpose of they wanted us to have the best education, exactly. for example. Yeah. For them, it's already there. They've had the best education. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've, I'm grappling with it myself. And talking still about the topic of the new generation, do you feel that, I think Mauritius experiences it differently to other countries, but do you feel we are going through some sort of great resignation as well? I wouldn't say it's like great resignation like we're seeing in the US, but definitely there is, I mean, I am having difficulty into recruiting talent. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, for, for specific roles varies whether it is tech-driven mm -hmm. or in terms of business development types of roles, you know. Now the, there are opportunities, whether working for tech companies from Mauritius or go, opportunities abroad. So I think uh, there is more mobility. Yes. This is what we're saying, and it's not even like, you know, we're like we believe that we're a recruiter of choice, but we still struggle, you know, yes. to acquire talent. So I guess there are more opportunities mm -hmm. and there, are, there is more mobility, yes. Well, I don't think there's a quick fix to that. But I don't think there's much we can do to prevent them from seeking out these opportunities. But is there something that you think as a country we could do better to retain, to retain our homegrown talent at this stage? 
So one is having, um, you know, giving opportunities and career path, mm -hmm. right? We won't be able to, you know, prevent people grabbing opportunities. In fact, I think it's it's a good sign, and hopefully, you know, those talent will get will have experience, you know, elsewhere and then come back like you did, and then that yes, will be exactly. that will yeah. be very good for the country. But I think having clear employee value proposition, be it in terms of uh, career path, in terms of training, exposure, you know, if people feel that they're still learning in their uh, present job that would keep them you know wanting to grow and, and staying in the same in the company but still growing and still learning mm. yeah do you think having a mentor would help do you, do you think it's it's good to, to to have a mentor oh yes definitely personally i haven't had a formal mentor mentee relationship as to like you know let's enter into a mentorship agreement but i must say that i've been blessed and lucky you know to have people who've really cared for me mm. I, I mean the English word is care but I think the French word bienveillance is mm -hmm. is more appropriate mm -hmm. and had your best interests at heart exactly yeah. so they come from a good intention mm -hmm. and having your as you say your best interests at heart and it helped it helped me and it's still helping me you know to be able to reach out to those person discuss you know an issue mm -hmm. having a sounding board sometimes it's there just asking you know the question and get you thinking into the right direction. Yes. So definitely I would encourage any, at any age, to, to have a network where you can reach out and if you can have a formal mentor, mm -hmm. then uh, even yes, better. even better, <laughs> even better, yes. And you mentioned also diversity earlier, as, as you said that, you know, they take it as a given also, but obviously the way things are today weren't what things used to be 10, 20 years ago. Has gender, ever been a hurdle in your career path and how have you overcome it or have you ha, ha, has it never actually really been an issue um, for you mm. you know when i started my career what we're talking about you know diversity gender etc it wasn't really on the agenda so to your question no i've, I've never portrait myself as a woman working in so-and-so industry and the financial industry is still quite male-dominated. Mm -hmm. I've, never, I've never positioned myself or viewed myself as that. I view myself as being Stephanie mm -hmm. and this is me, yeah. uh, be it I'm a woman or yeah. a man, so that doesn't make any difference. On the other hand, in hindsight, I think I would have gained, you know, having more female role models while you know uh, transiting in my career mm -hmm. i do remember sometimes in some meetings being intimidated mm -hmm. by you know like uh, strong alpha males right and hence you know to your first question that was my perception and view of what a leader should be I see, I see. Um, yes. but as i said the, it, it's the reality is you can have all types of leaders but i've never restrained myself because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that I am more into a sort of like, I have more leeway to lead to decisions, so I, I am more in a decision-making uh, position, I, I want, I think that organization, we need to see how we can create an environment and a culture for both men and women to thrive, mm -hmm. right? Because very often, the question that I ask myself is, you know, whether I could juggle, I would be able to juggle family and work, 
right? Whereas now I would say, you know, how can I create an environment for the woman and the men, because it is a family issue, mm -hmm. to be able to juggle both family and work, yes. right? Instead of adapting myself, it's like, how do you actually change and create the right environment? Yes. Yeah. And we were speaking about, you know, talent. Talent is already scarce. So imagine if you're, you're having an environment where 50% maybe or so of your talent can't, you know, sort of like you're not making it friendly for them. Mm -hmm. It's a talent wastage. So I think uh, it is, uh, we need to create that inclusive environment. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's also the inclusiveness because yes. you might have set targets or certain criteria that you might not want to meet, but unless there's that inclusive environment that enables them to, which also might not be conscious. And I think unconscious bias sometimes mm. plays into that as well, because you might not think actually um, creating a discriminatory environment, but because it's an unconscious decision, it, it has that, that result. I think things are going in the right way. I think yes, they are, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you've seen evolution, obviously not just where you are now, but generally in Mauritius, you've, you've seen the evolution. There's probably a lot of work still to be yes. done. <laughs> I think we are, we're heading in the right direction. Definitely a movement has been created. And I hope it's it's unstoppable. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I always, uh, you know, when I, when I first created um, Prism, we now have one man in our team. But when I first created Prism, they, everyone was telling me, you know, you're you're creating a women-only law firm, and I thought. No, that was never my intention. Maybe it's my unconscious bias. <laughs> so we recruited a man, but he's, you know, not because he's a man. I, I think I was discussing that with the previous guest that a lot of the issues with women as well, I think is a lot of the self-limiting beliefs that oh, we yes. impose on yeah. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So I always said, you know, to the um, younger member of my team, so females at the bank, we talk a lot about glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. But the first glass ceiling to be broken is, is within, yes. right? So we need, you know, like uh, chip by chip, you know, break this glass ceiling. And at MCB, as you know, so we've, we, we set ourselves a target and it's good that we've got target mm -hmm. because what gets uh, measured gets done. Mm -hmm. So we are doing, you know, at organization and culture level to make it more inclusive. Mm -hmm. So you talked about unconscious bias. So we did training to, you know, to make people aware of, of unconscious biases. But also, you know, working within. So we've created, we've just launched Lean In Circles mm -hmm. so that, you know, women, um, they create those Lean In Circles and they've got a, a network of peers where they can share experiences, you know, grow together, encourage themselves. So I think it goes both ways. Like the, the organization needs to be inclusive and needs to, to ensure that the culture and the environment is you know, allow both men, women, or whoever, you know, yeah. to, to, to give the, your, the best mm -hmm. of what you can contribute and also help the women to, to work on their self-confidence and on their, uh, to, you know, to be more daring. Still to this day, I struggle to find one man who, who says proudly, I suffer from imposter syndrome, but there are so many women yeah. that would just raise their hands and get, yeah, I suffer from imposter syndrome. So I think it's this innate sort of, 
societal conditioning as well that you know might be generational that we, we we have been conditioned to think that you know I always give this example of a woman would rarely dare to ask for pay rise or to aggressively negotiate for their, their starting package mm-hmm. when they're whereas uh, a man probably would feel a bit more bullish um, in sure, doing that yeah. so there's all that unlearning to do what would you what would you say you know looking back at your leadership journey has been one the most rewarding time and two the most challenging time personally now <laughs> i'm going through um what we call what we call you know a transformation project so for me it's a very rewarding project because it's like you know setting a new operating model introducing new ways of working, bringing the teams together. So it's very gratifying. And very often I say, you know, like people ask me, you know, what, what makes you tick? You know, what makes you spark? And for me, I get a lot of joy, you know, doing that. To my daughter, Emma, she can't understand how I can, <laughs> how I can enjoy, exactly, uh, how I can enjoy myself. But it actually brings me a lot of joy, you know, like leading that transformation project. And it's also very challenging because the way that we're organizing ourselves is, is, is different. So we're adopting agile practices. That's in terms of... Um, teams organization, but also the challenges that we need to solve for, you know. So I'm into payments, more specifically, you know, digital payments. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you, how do you make the country? So it's, it's, it's at macro level, yes. you know, cash light. A lot of problem solving, yes. a lot of challenges, but uh, a very gratifying journey, I must say. Wonderful. Do you, do you feel that a lot of the joy that you get also has to do with how strong your team are, so how, how strong your support system is around you because I think it's, it's, it's one thing to have a big vision as a leader but it's also, you know, that, that's one side of the story but it's also the execution and implementation side as well. Do you have a, a good sort of support network in terms of your managerial team? Yeah, for sure. No, for sure, I, would, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it alone. I always say that to my team and I always tell them, you know, none of us is as strong as all of us. I always tell, tell them that. And, um, and very often, you know, we, I know where we want to go. It doesn't mean that I know every step, but with the teams, right, we, we, I know for sure that we can work it out. And more and more, you know, that's why I think the styles of leadership need to evolve mm-hmm. because the problems to be solved are different, yes. right? We, we talk a lot about, you know, VUCA environment. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, I mean, I can't say I know 100% what is happening, right? But as a team, mm-hmm. and uh, so my team and the wider team, right? If we put our heads and hearts together, I think yeah. we've got a much better chance of of striking the solution, right? Yeah. Stefani, thank you so much for your time. I have got a last question for you yeah. before we finish today, and I've asked that of men and women. Okay. <laughs> I always, I always preface that, that question by that. <laughs> As a leader, I mean, I struggle with it every day, so I'd love to hear about if there's any magic recipe. As a leader, how do you balance work and family? For me, it's like having me time is super important, right? And, and I will share that I've, I've experienced a bit being, you know, the feeling of being like overrun mm-hmm. and like always chasing time. Yes. So I make it a priority to have, to have me time, right? Because I think you, you 
for as a leader for you to be able to give your energy, your passion, mm -hmm. right? You need to feed yourself first. So I've become quite disciplined about mm -hmm. it. Okay. So I start my day with a prayer and a meditation. So that's my grounding moment. Mm -hmm. And I see to it that at least, at least two times per week, my yoga. So this is to evacuate, you know, whether it's energy, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but it's super important. And then also it's, it's trying not to be a hero person, you know, very often, to do everything yes, and, and women especially, you know, because we want to be like, uh, super the, mom, exactly, super yeah. mom, the yeah. best cook, yeah. the model employee, yeah. but here we're human. Right, and so only 24 hours exactly. in a day, and we need to sleep eight exactly. <laughs> exactly, that's such a good tip as well. And I don't know if you do journaling, I, I kind of stop and start, but I think it's so important to kind of find, even if it's five minutes or an hour each day, to just be with yourself and take stock of what's happened during the day. And you mentioned, you know, the prayer and, and, and the meditation, just feeling grateful for the little yes, things as well yes. is so important. grants you. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, and help you, you know, prioritize your question as, you know, yeah. like work and life and how to balance it. Yeah. Sometimes it's not balanced. But here we, <laughs> we try. <laughs> we try. We try every but day. But I think yeah. if we've got, um, you know, gratitude. Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And especially have. when sometimes I feel a bit overwhelmed, I always try to kind of think of really mundane things and just think that you know I'm so I'm so happy that my family and I are healthy. Yes. It might be a really basic thing that we, I think we sometimes take for granted, but after going through the pandemic and COVID, you just think that something that we take for granted is actually something to be really grateful about. Mm. And I think that helps as a leader to, as you said, to, to, to ground you. Thank you so much for your time again. Thank Stephanie. you, thank you for hosting me. <laughs> Pleasure.